Being prolific at anything is probably something to strive for in any walk of life, whatever your day gig is. A prolific butcher, baker, candlestick maker, even if you're not the best, you can at least point to your output and say, well, at least 10 out of the 1,000 candlesticks I made today are bloody good. So since this is a book show, we'll turn the focus today on one of the most prolific authors in his field. The sun came up, trains arrived at the station, dinner was served, and Brandon Sanderson has a new book today on Book of the Day. Welcome back to Book of the Day, uh, the show that asks the question, what does Brandon Sanderson wear when he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what does he eat? <laughs> what does he do when he cranks out these books that are large and voluminous and very, very uh, predictably, uh, you know, showing up constantly on your doorsteps? And, oh, I, I forgot to mention that Steve's here. Steve, our wonderful <laughs> book critic at large who I have to assume as a book critic, you have had to read a lot of Brandon Sanderson. Yes, indeed. I have a bit of a reputation for being prolific myself, but this guy takes it to a whole nother level. <laughs> a whole nother level. And in a remarkably short amount of time. That's, the, yeah. The book was, Elantris was bought. His first book that was bought by a publisher was bought in 2005. Wow. Wow. I haven't changed my socks in that. <laughs> <laughs> so many trees. 2005 is not that long ago. No, it really isn't. The kind of, uh, kind of career and the kind of output that he has certainly and i liked elantris i remember that i enjoyed that actually it was one of his i really did enjoy so we are talking today about his latest book but as my esteemed producer makes clear that's a constantly moving target this guy <laughs> writes a lot his latest book is that we'll we'll show a picture of it it's the lost metal it's the the final book in the scadrial era two Cosmere series. <laughs> what was that, Steve? <laughs> Could you repeat that for me, please? <laughs> well, let's, let's let's try let's try to to do the impossible. Brandon Sanderson conceived of not just a connected universe of novels, but a multiverse of connected universes of novels. <laughs> there was a mysterious ethereal being. This being was murdered by almost 20 other mysterious ethereal beings. Each one of them took a bit of primordial magic. And each bit was different from the others, and they scattered to a bunch of different worlds in the universe and planted those bits of magic that then grew into entire magic systems on their own. Well, it's been Book of the Day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning (laughs) in. Each one is genetically connected, so to speak, to all the others. So it is possible to make connecting novels of all of these things, of all of them. Because no matter how different the magic system in the in world of novel X, it's still connected to all the other magic systems. So let me ask you this, Steve. Is this exhaustive or exhausting? Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the one world we're dealing with here is is Scadrial, the world mm-hmm. of Scadrial, where there are allomancers, mm-hmm. who are people who have mastered magic by which they can draw power from metal. The metallurgist uh, type of they thing. They okay, draw yeah. magical powers from metal. Yes. 
And Brandon Sanderson set a group of novels in Scadrial at a particular era of Scadrial history. And then he set a different group of novels in Scadrial, in a different part of Scadrial history. So imagine if instead of writing Lord of the Rings, Tolkien had written a bunch of novels set in the second age of Middle mm-hmm. Earth, of Middle Earth, and then the late second Middle Age, and then the early part of the third age and then the middle part of the third age is like that. Certainly, certainly. And the lost metal follows up. It follows up bands of mourning. I think it was the one before that, the alley of Laura, that was the last Brandon Sanderson book that I reviewed. Okay. Uh, These are set in the Scadrial era two, which roughly the industrial revolution, roughly the old West. I was just going to say, I believe there's a Western uh, flair to this cluster. Yes, it stars a duo whose one of his, his first name is Waximilium. He goes by Wax, and the other one's name is Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E. Cute. So <laughs> well, cute. <laughs> and Sanderson says that these things are going to go on. These particular Scadrial novels that take place in, uh, that deal with the adventures of Allomancers are going to go on in different historical periods sure. of the sure. world. Which is not the yeah. same thing as his Stormlight archives, which is also Cosmere, and which yeah. are doorstops. They are gigantic. They are. I read the first. I read Way of Kings and um, kind of liked it, I guess. Um, and that's the best I can say about it, as I experienced it. I don't exactly know if I enjoyed the experience, <laughs> but I was there. <laughs> and the, the Stormlight archives, the magic systems, the world, they are part of Cosmere, just like the you know the wax and wayne series is there's a series of cosmere cookbooks there's right oh is there? <laughs> i did not know that <laughs> no there isn't but it okay. could be by the time don't give him any ideas steve my no, god it's like a broadcast is over there could be something. like a bomb that just went off <laughs> it, you mentioned in your teaser how prolific this guy is it's astonishing it is but i think it's only fair to him to point out that he he owes a lot of turbo boost to his career, yeah. not to his prolificness. The prolificness is is I think honestly in this case because all the restrictions were taken off. Mm-hmm. He is probably just a natural effusive story writer. It's just a work ethic type of thing we're talking here. Yeah, his Showing first up. book, Elantris, caught the attention of an editor who was reading through a slush pile and thought sure. this is really good. Yeah, this is really enjoyable. No hint of prolific production then. Right. No one knew this guy then. Also, another huge boost to his career was that the widow of Robert Jordan was a big fan of his published novels. Certainly. And said, would you finish the Wheel of Time books? Yeah. Uh, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> the work really... that Sanderson did on that is kind of amazing. It's, I've heard good. I heard, and I didn't uh, dip there, but I mean, I heard that he did a terrific job of tying that up. Which, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely did. Met the standards of even the most demanding Robert Jordan purist. Sure, sure. And also had the mother of all assignments to do all throughout the Wheel of Time. Characters are talking about a gigantic battle that is going, that is coming, that is going to conclude this turn of the wheel. Sure, sure. And Brandon Sanderson knew that even contemplating writing that end battle actually killed Robert Jordan. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson <laughs> knew he was going to have to end the series with that Certainly. battle, and he does. Yeah, And it's yeah. incredible. Absolutely I- incredible. I can tell you as a librarian that uh, Brandon, an author like Brandon Sanderson is the reason they make binding glue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I had a question about that. Yes. For, uh, for do you have a lot of Brandon Sanderson at the library? Doing pretty good. Um, shaky on the Mistborn books, but certainly we're fine with Stormlight Archive and all of his other and his, the Jordan books. We're 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 good. And I will say that. Um, and obviously we're doing a podcast here, so we're we're being hopefully mildly amusing. But if you're a fantasy fan. He's your guy. I mean, he is the guy. He is the torchbearer right now in some ways, I would say. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. And that's not just, again, because of how prolific he is. Yeah. It's also because of uh, your experience yourself. You went into Stormlight Archives, I'm assuming, without reading any other Cosmere books. Mm-mm. Nope. Not and bad. you enjoyed the experience. Even By and large, yes. bewilderingly long and gives 300-page <laughs> digressions about every blade of grass. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I enjoyed it, too. It, yeah. it will, will, this guy... I believe, I don't know how many people I'll offend here, or maybe I'll, uh, he has rabid Kremlinologist fans. Oh, we betcha. Yeah. I might be pleasing them. I might be uh, displeasing more traditional purists when I say yeah. that Brandon Sanderson is certainly the 21st century Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it at all. And not, again, not just in terms of how prolific he is, but in terms of the fact I, Asimov never wrote an, a non enjoyable book. Right. Right. He wrote over 500 of them. Not one of them is dull. Not Absolutely. one. Absolutely. the same way. Yeah. I've read probably 20 books by this guy, and I've read a few of his books twice, and they hold up. It's he interesting. His, doing, his, prose, his prose is interesting because, well, it's not overly, you know, it's not going to knock your socks off. It's extremely uh working men like it just he gets the job done and that's the thing i was impressed with with the with the way of kings i went in there expecting to hate it i actually opened up i thought i'm this is just not going to be something i'm going to enjoy and the first hundred pages were i (laughs) you know i felt like a american idol of books i felt like simon cowell i'm like ah you're a little pitchy not yet not yet but then around 150 i said oh you have me that's interesting and i you'll find something in any of his books that will carry you three carry you through not everything, but if you find something and you latch onto it, he's got you. And that's 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 good. That's a talent. That is a talent. That is absolutely a talent. And he has that. And that when we're talking about that talent, that might lead viewers who maybe have never heard of this guy before or have never read him to wonder if they could pick up the lost metal and read it. Or would it feel like every fourth word is missing? I write. I'm <laughs> and it's classic yes and no. There is, I mean, this is a book in a series. It's not Brandon Sanderson's fault. Any book in a series usually is going to have that every third word missing feel to it. Right, right. This is the conclusion to a set of books that have a, you know, an arc for the main characters, arcs for all of the, of the minor characters, and a big climax. It's naturally going to pay off more if you've read the earlier books. Yeah, certainly. I think it would be possible to read the lost metal and without just cold wow and that's that's impressive for a fantasy book i mean most fan if you if you come in in the middle of a fantasy series you are definitely coming in with a disadvantage yeah, <laughs> i always want to tell authors who do that look i i know that you're you, okay so you're getting ready to publish your for, the fourth book in a series which is i think what this one is i think a scan mm-hmm. era two has four books in it i think okay. this is uh if you're getting ready to publish that book and you're thinking, well, I better, I better dash off, you know, a five paragraph, what has come before. Section sure. to the book. <laughs> Please don't, please don't do that. Instead. 
outsource that. <laughs> you can't write those five paragraphs anymore. <laughs> you have that ability to do it. Get someone else to do it and make it five pages, not five paragraphs. I'd like and that gig. He hiring? That would be fun. <laughs> well, it's possible that Brandon Sanderson is hiring because he's not hurting for money. He made the news. That's actually where anybody who is not a fantasy fan is going to know him. Uh, know him because yeah. in March of 2022, he did a Kickstarter for an undisclosed project, and it made $4,100. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It made $41,000. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It made $41 million. It made $41 million. His Kickstarter made $41 million. That is $20 million more than the entire state operating budget of Wisconsin. An author, a writer, a scribe, a scribbler. This is insane. What planet are we on? <laughs> it's a Cosmere thing. <laughs> There's some that, god. <laughs> that phenomenon leg legitimately shook the publishing world. It legitimately did. And can you see why? Of course you can see why. Think for a minute of uh, another 2022 publishing phenomenon which we haven't got to on a book talk yet, despite <laughs> the slight urgings from my producer. And that is a, a two-volume publication from Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> His first two books in 16 years. The loyal relationship with uh, his male editors. He has a loyal relationship with his male publisher and the male publishing heirs that run his house. He has a loyal <laughs> relationship with the, the male friends that he has. Uh, he doesn't really believe this urban myth about there being another gender. <laughs> and he announced, his publisher announced, he doesn't announce because he mostly writes on yellow legal pads in a white house. Of course. <laughs> Turtlenecks. He wears turtlenecks. His publisher announced that he was coming out after 16 years with not one, but two books. Right. Now, he has an agent. Sure. Who gets a cut of the sales of The Passenger and Stella Maris, the two mm -hmm. wretched books that he brought out back to back <laughs> in 2022. He has an agent. He has a publisher. He has a sub-editor. There's a main editor at his publishing house. There are lights to be kept on. There it's are Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so, at... He's Cormac McCarthy, and his place in literature, unfortunately, is assured. So, but nevertheless, the what you have heard from traditional publishers is true. They get a small fraction of the the amount that their book generates. Right. Brandon Sanderson gets all of that forty one million dollars. Oh, so that's one million dollars. He was a multimillionaire before that. So that's kind of a self-pub type of thing that's going on there. Because I thought he was with Tor with Tom Doherty's uh, machine, but maybe not. You could build a much, much better building, office building, and print <laughs> manufacturing store than Tor has. $41 million is considerably more than Tor is worth. I forgot about that. $41 million is considerably more than Putnam is worth. Right. <laughs> this sends a shockwave because Cormac, I don't know about Cormac McCarthy. I have no idea whether the guy is even human anymore. But, but people in his orbit had to think, what if Cormac McCarthy had announced in January, in December, in January of 2022, I'm severing relationships with my publisher. My lawyers are all over it. We're done. And then in February, it announced, I have two books coming out back to back in 2022, and here's the Kickstarter for it. Wow. <laughs> right, right. You $100 yeah. million easily. Probably true. Everybody Probably true. is thinking that now for once. Oh, 
the changes everything. World, the legitimacy of the self-publishing world, how people are making good living, yeah. doing regular self-publishing, mm-hmm. hustling, commissioning their own cover art, their own design, making right. contact with their own fans, building their base. More and more people are realizing that that doesn't have the self-published stink that it had in the 20th century. That's now a legitimate thing to do. And plenty of people are thinking about that. But that's from the bottom end. Right. Of the spectrum, not no offense to self-published authors. But no. The, the top end is where the shockwaves was felt from this Brandon Sanderson Kickstarter. The people who already have a massive audience are thinking, well, why am I paying my agent? <laughs> why am I paying my sub-editor and my editor? Why? Why am I doing that? Are well, you I, saying I, like Debbie McComer is uh, <laughs> sitting in Well, <laughs> Brandon Sanderson gets to keep all of that money. <laughs> And it's not $4,000. And it's not $41,000. It's $41 million. I feel like we need to break this down in a special future episode because I really – it is fascinating, and I didn't think about it enough until you brought it to the thought that he actually out-earned publishing houses. I never thought – He could build his own infrastructure with a fraction of that money. That's amazing. He out-earned Wisconsin. (laughs) <laughs> well in the first hundred dollars yes he did <laughs> i can't help but notice though just then that you stopped yourself from saying a special episode because you know we just don't have that in us <laughs> all right we're all going to be pretty much like this <laughs> if you're waiting around for a special episode episode of book talk oh. <laughs> i thought maybe we could put on some neckties <laughs> talk about the, you know yeah i just thought you know podcast world as you and i have mentioned many times in our in our off-screen topless conversations oh those <laughs> i thought that was going to get me the wisconsin finger <laughs> we've mentioned many times the the last thing the world needs is another book podcast like the ones you already hear <laughs> <laughs> well, we've achieved that at least. And if we have to stink to high heaven to make that difference, that's a price we're willing to pay. <laughs> it's called Book of the Day for a reason. Prolific. Going back to my initial thesis. <laughs> well, yeah, right. We could have a, a – that is worth a conversation on its own. In the it is year, interesting. We could set aside a day you know, every other week to have an industry conversation. It would be, yeah, I think it's fascinating. It's a little good inside baseball thing. That, that has all kinds of people thinking. I think more yeah. than anybody, probably the people in Cormac McCarthy's orbit, maybe not him, yeah. but his heirs. Certainly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, in this publishing season, thanks to your two-book deal, you got what? Can we estimate from him? He's on the extreme high end, and he's a literary phenomenon. Let's say maybe two point seven million dollars. I was just gonna say, are we uh, even into five million yet? Probably not. Yeah, that's it's two books. It's two, and that's two books. Yeah, <laughs> and two point seven million dollars. Keep in mind, for a traditional book contract, is through the moon for most yeah. people. Most people right. don't even dream about that. Probably that. Maybe let's say let's be generous. Let's say twice that. Right. Right. Absolutely. In other words, the rounding error. Yeah. Right. It's, right. It's, it's his latte money. Um, so what can Carmen you do? You've got to be thinking that. Yeah. Every every big draw major author has got to be thinking that. Certainly. Why Certainly. am I dealing with this old routine if the new routine can do this? Creaky cool. system. Produce, but yeah. The boat's got some holes in it, I think. <laughs> we could come up with the list isn't long. But yeah. we could come up with the list of currently working authors 
who are clearly hurting themselves by sticking with the traditional with the traditional approach. approach. Yeah, Debbie McComber would never think about leaving all her friends at her publishers, and she's not greedy. Not to say that Brandon Sanderson is. I think he was probably <laughs> surprised as much as anybody. He seemed there like are, it, yeah. There are authors out there. I mean, Mark Greeny, for instance, the author sure. of Gray, where he probably does well at your library. Very much so, yeah. What have you announced? He has a new Gray Man book coming out in January. Yeah. What if he announced that the next one was going to be a Kickstarter with Certainly. him? No publisher, just him. Yep, Brad Thor. Brad Thor would be another one, like, just, you know, certainly would, uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, that was a rock I was not expecting us to turn over today, uh, was the... Uh... What do we do here? We turn over... <laughs> <laughs> we see the rock. To, to get back to our focus and away from just the absolute aurora borealis of $41 million. <laughs> that, just, that just stops everything. <laughs> just, that is... This guy was a nose-picking, anime-loving nerd in 2005. 2005. That's when we started this show. If that's the case, all five of my children, we are going to be rolling in dough. <laughs> if, it's the, if it's the nose-picking anime crowd that's getting all the dough, <laughs> my family's got a bright future. <laughs> bring it back to the book to wrap things up. Indeed. It's what you would expect. It's not yeah. a surprise. If you are a fan of Brandon Sanderson, you're going to love this conclusion. I've read all the other Scadrial Era 2 novels, all these other Wax and Wayne novels. I've read them all. They're, they're slight. They take an hour to get through. Sure. He's really good at action sequences. He's really good at snappy dialogue. I was going to say, they look a little tongue-in-cheek. They look a little tongue-in-cheek, yeah. so maybe some larfs yeah. in there. <laughs> his pacing, his scene setting, his dialogue, and all those are a lot to what I imagine was a fairly compulsive watching and rewatching of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> if you have read those books, you don't have to read any of the other Cosmere's, the sprawling universe. If you read the other Scabule's era two novels you're gonna love this one if you haven't read them i'd suggest that you start with the first of the schedule era two novels which sure. your helpful librarian can point you. we will point you in the right direction and uh they'll be on the whole shelf in two days <laughs> this is a good way this Excellent. little schedule era two series the wax and wayne novels are a good way in to the larger cosmere universe they're not nearly so intimidating as the Stormlight Archives, that are 1,200 pages each. Right, right. They're not nearly so intimidating Absolutely. as that. Although, I, I, I will agree with my producer, the, the Stormlight Archives don't have dull spots. No. I, they're again, pages long, but they don't have dull spots. I I was so surprised that uh, that I enjoyed it as much as I did for the sole reason, like I said, I picked it up with the intent to despise it. I said, "Oh, I want to see what this guy can do," and I was I was not a friendly reader to it at all, and I became so in the pages of the book. Well, there are fantasy not bad. <laughs> there are fantasy poobas who yeah. don't like because he they say he's easy, he's predictable, his prose is flat. He made forty one million. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. He paid $41 million. $41 million. So if you're living, if you're a science fiction or fantasy author and you're living in Delaware <laughs> and you've been writing and going to local conventions, you now know that Brandon Sanderson has enough money to call up the governor of Delaware and have him sign an official order to have you banished from the state. <laughs> he can turn off your electricity. Brandon Sanderson himself is now an allomancer. <laughs> and, and yet, I, yeah, I was going to say, and I feel that might be part of the grand Cosmere scheme, actually. <laughs> Chapter 1093 is me shutting down that guy in Delaware. <laughs> Tie these little books 
Yeah. And finish up with this one, the one we're talking, we're starting to talk about today. (laughs) Once you introduce $41 million, (laughs) nothing really competes with that. You know what's very appropriate about our Brandon, our first Brandon Sanderson episode today is the fact that it's also our longest one. (laughs) Oh, God, sorry. No, it's perfect. I think that's perfect. We are are reflecting the author. This is how it should go here on Book of the Day. It's a lot of ground to cover. It really is. It really is. Too fascinating. We'll we'll fly through tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a problem. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about some boring classic. We also talk about them anyway. <laughs> That's a promise I hope we'll break. All right. <laughs> there we go. His name is Steve Donahue. Find him all over YouTube. Find him in uh, your local uh, Christian Science Monitor. Uh, you know, yeah. doing some work over there. And uh, if you're in, uh, where's your where's your uh, print uh, paper? That's in Georgia. Georgia. Oh, no, very good in Georgia. All right, fantastic. So uh, Steve is everywhere. Let's find out if he's worth $41 million. <laughs> it starts tomorrow. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye, y'all. <laughs>